Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Tech Witch, Episode 103, Butt Dialing. Written by Trey Livingston. Story by Damian Taylor and Trey Livingston. Narration by Caitlin Martin. The Voice. It's always darkest before the dawn. Flashes of green and magenta energy gently illuminate the edges of the screen. In the distance, the horror of war is subtle, more like gazing at the northern lights dancing in the sky. Somehow, this is a calm moment that escapes the surroundings of war. The voice. An olive branch for the hopeful. As the flashes grow brighter, a large crater comes into view, one with high ridges serving as a ditch. It's here that we find the base tech and witchling, huddled side by side. From their perspective, they see the exchange of green and magenta light across the dark sky. The neon streaks would be beautiful, like shooting stars, if it weren't for the death and pain they deliver to their targets. The Voice. A fortifying belief of the naive. The witchling's branch-like hand wraps around the smoothed block that makes up the base tech's hand. The lights fade, a lull in the battle. The witchling stands, as though to run away, but the base tech doesn't move, almost acting as an anchor that pulls her back. The witchling looks, sees the base tech's other hand covering his abdomen, He moves his hand away slightly, revealing a hole. A laser blast wound, one that steadily trickles neon-streaked black blood. The Voice. Those who truly overcome darkness. The base tech urges the witchling to go on, to leave him. He presses the book against her and points off in the distance, begging her to go without him. The Voice. They know. The witchling smacks the book away and holds her hand over the wound. Then, mossy branches emerge from her palm connecting with the base tech, binding his wound, healing him. The branches extend into the base tech's wound, filling it up. It's like an odd chemical reaction. Green mana fizzles against magenta-streaked blood. When the two combine, they change to a golden liquid light that flows into the base tech, then back into the witchling. The voice. It's not the sunrise that sets you free. The gold light radiates warm and bright around the wound, sealing it. The witchling steps back, snapping free from the branches connecting her to the base tech. Every muscle in her body tenses as she howls toward the sky. The base tech keels over, crying out, both as if they've been supercharged. 
stronger than they have ever felt before. The Witchling extends a hand. The base tech readily takes it, leaping up to his feet with a new, preternatural energy that greatly differs from the now seemingly slow, clunky movements of the other witch and tech. The voice. It's when you rise. The base tech looks down at the book, willing it to float to him through the air and runs off with the Witchling as the golden trails of light linger behind them. The voice, a feat that's best accomplished when you don't have to do it alone. In the Matthew house, Lowell, Brigitte, and Kylie enter through two grand doors. Lowell, where are Mom and Dad? Brigitte shrugs. She doesn't know. Brigitte, I don't want them to know about this. Lowell, why not? They can help you better than I can. Brigitte, no. All they can help me do is sit in front of the book for hours. Lowell. It wouldn't take that long. Brigitte. Why? Are you digitizing the pages? Lowell shakes his head while turning to silently mouth the word yes so that Kylie can't see. Brigitte's eyes bulge with anger, almost to the point where they could pop right out of her head. Brigitte. Kylie, would you give us a moment, please? Kylie looks back and forth between the siblings. Something about the tension between Brigitte and Lowell is scary. It's enough to make Kylie slowly back away. Kylie, look, I get that you need a moment and all, but right now, you really gotta listen. Brigitte, yeah, listen to me like Kylie said. Kylie, to each other! Both of you! She turns to Lowell. All right? Lowell nods noticing the slight smile Kylie has because of it. She gives Brigitte's hand a squeeze that says more than any words could about their friendship. She walks out and closes the doors. Brigitte and Lowell sit in silence for a moment, Lowell staring at the door and Brigitte staring at Lowell. Brigitte. So... Lowell. That's a good friend you got there. Um, Yeah, I like when she's around. Brigitte. I guess I should be happy that you finally figured out how to focus on something. Lowell, what? Kylie? (laughs) No, it's not like that. Brigitte, yeah, no, of course not. Lowell, it isn't. Brigitte, so you turn into Mr. Softy McPuppy Eyes when she talks to you because... Lowell, I do not turn into whatever the hell you just said. Now, I'm standing here because you wanted to tell me something, but all you're doing is being ridiculous instead. I completed the ceremony all at once by myself. (gasps) Brigitte blurts out the words fast and full of excitement, then immediately covers her mouth like she just accidentally spilled some juicy gossip. Lowell. No way. Brigitte. Kylie was there. Lowell. What did she say? Maybe she should be in here. Outside in the hallway, Kylie's phone dings. She pulls it out, sees she has a text from Lowell that reads, Thinking of you? It, well, it confuses her. Brigitte, not about her. Stop thinking about... Kylie enters the sitting room, interrupting Brigitte mid-sentence. Lowell? Lowell. Huh? Kylie, did you text me? Brigitte, seriously, Lowell? Lowell holds his hands up like she's about to arrest him. Lowell, my hands have been by my sides this whole time. Kylie, it was heavy on the emoji usage. Brigitte, Really? Lowell. I don't emoji! Kylie. Everything okay? Brigitte. Ugh, yeah. Give us one more minute. 
We'll call you if we need you. Kylie slips back out. Lowell's eyes locked on her as she goes. Brigitte turns his head so that he faces her. Brigitte, what are you doing? Why are you texting her? Lowell, I've never texted her before in my life, and I definitely wouldn't have used emojis. Brigitte, enough about emojis. I had a massive outburst of power. Lowell, when? Brigitte, a little while after the ceremony, when it was just me and Kylie. Lowell doesn't realize it, and Brigitte doesn't see it, but through the fabric of his back pocket, a wave of magenta energy can be seen passing over his cell phone. In the hall, Kylie's cell phone rings. Lowell, around the same time everything went crazy at the arcade? Brigitte, yeah, that sounds about right. Outside, Kylie looks at the caller. It says, Lowell. She comes back into the room. You called? Brigitte, no, I didn't. Kylie, I mean, Lowell. Brigitte, how do you even have his number, Kylie? Did you mess with her phone? Kylie, yeah, how did your number get in my phone anyway? I didn't put it in. Lowell, you've been with me this whole time. I haven't done anything. Look. Lowell holds up his cell phone and casually tosses it away. It slides across the floor, underneath a couch where it comes to a stop face up amongst the dust bunnies. Kylie, are you sure there isn't something you want to tell me? Brigitte, don't encourage him. Kylie, look at my recent calls. I don't have to. Lowell slaps his face with both hands, home alone style, but a lot more mortified and embarrassed than anything else. Kylie, I'll leave you two alone, but it'd be easier if Lowell would stop being weird and flirting with me. Lowell, ugh. Brigitte, Kylie. Kylie backs away from the door with a smirk. Clearly she's having fun with whatever the hell's going on. Brigitte takes a deep breath, one that changes the mood to reaffirm the gravity of what she's been trying to say. All right, listen up. I fired off a crazy amount of power. Major level boss witch power. So much so, I must have... I must have channeled some of it to the arcade where you were at. It was chaotic and... and... Lol. Yeah? Brigitte. I could feel it flowing through me. I could feel myself pushing it, but I couldn't feel myself controlling it. This makes Lowell look off, like he's pondering. In the hall, Kylie paces when her cell phone chirps. She takes it out. This time, it's a FaceTime call coming from Lowell. Kylie. Huh? Brigitte. Whatever happened, it flowed to you too. Lowell. I've never felt magic before in my life. Brigitte. Me neither. Until now. Lowell. But how could it flow through me? In the hall, Kylie's phone chirps faster and faster in a way that's not technologically possible, shaking to the point where she throws it away. The vibrations make the phone bounce along the hardwood floor, faster, more violent to the point where it explodes. In the sitting room, Brigitte and Lowell hear Kylie scream. They rush out to see her looking frazzled and freaked. Kylie, you took it too far, Lowell. Brigitte gasps at the large burn mark in the hardwood floor with Kylie's melted phone right in the center of it. Lowell gasps the same way as soon as he sees it. Mom and Dad are gonna be pissed. Kylie, real funny joke, Lowell. Lowell, but I... Brigitte takes Kylie by the shoulders in a comforting way and leads her out of the hall. Brigitte, don't worry. I'm sure Lowell can afford to get you a new one. I'll make sure he does before my dad makes him pay for a new floor. Lowell, hey. But they're already around a corner, out of sight. 
Lowell shakes his head as everything seems to be getting stranger and stranger. Suddenly, a cloaked man appears in the room across from him near the couch where he threw his phone. Lowell jumps, startled. He stumbles back against the wall, frozen with fear. The cloaked man. The power she displayed was staggering, unlike any I've ever seen before. Lowell, you... you saw it? The cloaked man. We must act. For power like that to go unchecked could unravel all our plans. Lowell. Man, I don't even know who you are. The cloaked man ever so slightly raises his face just enough to reveal that it's Jean. We need to get rid of her before it's too late. Lowell. Mr. Williams? Lowell's eyes are full of confusion mixed with a healthy dose of fright. A woman's voice calls out from behind him with a sharp hiss. He jumps away from the wall. Just keep an eye on her for now. Lowell turns to look, and as he does, the world around him transforms into a completely new house. With a different living room, a different kitchen, a different fridge that appears right beside Lowell with a picture of Kylie and her parents at a theme park. And across from him he sees a woman in a swirling purple vortex. She faces Jean, but it's clear that neither of them know Lowell is there. Jean. But... Any sudden action could derail our plans. Am I clear? Jean, she must be dealt with. And she will be. Anomalies like this sprout up from time to time. Simply weeds that need to be plucked. Do you understand? Jean, yes, my lady. And do you trust me that this weed will be plucked, roots and all? Jean, I trust you as if I were your husband. The hissing voice. I'm sure he'll appreciate your saying so. <laughs> Jean, for now. The hissing woman smirks while releasing a low, seductive hum. There's a sound of a door opening that makes the hissing woman gasp. Her vortex collapses, vanishing into thin air. Jean's hood turns to mist, leaving him in khakis and a button-up. Basic-ass dad clothes. Just as Lowell turns around to see Kylie rush in from the front door. She's charging right for him, upset and frustrated. Lowell instinctively holds up his hands. Whoa, 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 Kylie, hold on! He hears Kylie's voice, but her lips don't move. Kylie. Lowell? Lowell? Right as she connects, Kylie's house is sucked away into a whirlpool under the couch, revealing that he's in the sitting room at his parents' house, where he's really been this whole time. His eyes are glossed over with a glowing metallic sheen, his pupils a dull, steel shade, a shade similar to that of the tech. Lowell. Kylie, wait! Brigitte. Lowell, I'm not Kylie! The glow is extinguished and the sheen fades from Lowell's eyes just in time for him to see Brigitte standing where Kylie was just moments ago. Lowell. Whoa! What? Whoa! Brigitte is at a loss for words, not sure what just happened. Back at Kylie's house, she enters the living room and goes over to the computer. Jean walks behind her, sifting through mail as if he wasn't just having a disturbing conversation with an interdimensional being of some sort. Jean. Hey, sweetie, how's your day been? Kylie. Ugh, I need to get a new phone, but other than that... She looks at the computer where she sees her Skype app on the screen with a notification that reads, Lowell Matthew, call ended. Kylie. 
It was fine. Jean, what happened to your phone? Kylie, I dropped it. Jean shakes his head, disappointed in her irresponsibility. Back in the sitting room, Lowell catches his breath as he finishes telling Brigitte what just happened. Lowell, and then it all went up, poof, right under the couch, where? Lowell looks under the couch. Sure enough, his cell phone is there. He holds it up for Brigitte to see. Lowell, I think my phone is possessed. Brigitte, you had glowing metallic eyes. There's a lot more that's haunted than your phone, and you know it. Lowell, I know it means we'll need some help. Brigitte, all right, let's get the book. Lowell, that's oh, gonna take so long to get through. The pages are so dense. Brigitte, oh, so you have been looking through it. Lowell glances elsewhere. He doesn't want to answer that. Brigitte, there is another option. Lowell, yeah? Brigitte, we could go talk to Grandma Matthew. Lowell, that's crazy. Brigitte, What's crazy about it? Lowell, but Grandma's been dead for five years. Brigitte somewhat shrugs that off with a smirk. Lowell looks at her, confused. Whatever's going on, it's just getting started. To be continued. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>